You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Who's been putting the theatrical sunshine in Florida for over a century? Find out today from our esteemed guest. I'm your host, Sean Chandler, and you're listening to Your Program is Your Ticket, a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. My guest today is Executive Director Sarah Boone from Theater Jacksonville, and she's part of the continuation of my Act Two Places series, which gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on them and their organizations and their plans for reemergence. Theater Jacksonville is a volunteer-based community theater whose mission is to enrich lives and broaden cultural understanding through community participation in theater arts. Keep in mind that our interviews are recorded at different times to optimize schedules, just in case the audio sounds a little different. We had such a great time, so let's bring her on. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Good morning, Sean. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to talk to you today. You are my first group or person from Florida who's working in Florida, so I'm really excited. I am, too, because, you know, there's a lot of theater in Florida, so I feel honored about that. Excellent. I'm sure you're going to represent Florida's, your program is your ticket, uh, OG, really, really well. Oh, wow. You're now you're now putting the pressure on me to speak for <laughs> all of us from the grand state of Florida. <laughs> I'm happy to interview all of them if they'd like to step up to the plate. <laughs> I talked to them all before we, we, we came on today. So. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> good. I'm going to ask a question like about that. So you're 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 already ahead of the game. Look at you. Amazing. Um, how are things in uh, Florida right now uh, with COVID and, and all of that? Is that is are things getting better for you or I know that things, Florida? Things are getting better. I, you know, now I'm up in northeast Florida. So, you know, there's the whole theater community in South Florida that is in a whole different world than we are. And of course, COVID has hit South Florida a little differently than it did up here. And I'm in Jacksonville. A lot mm-hmm. of people um, maybe have never heard of Jacksonville, but we're a little bit south of Savannah and a little bit north of St. Augustine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, with us, you know, we closed immediately when this hit last March and we have been, our doors have been closed the whole time. And uh, we have been on the virtual adventure during this time. <laughs> and it truly has been an adventure and we've learned so many things. But uh, one of the, the most important things for us was to keep producing during this time. Theater Jacksonville was founded in 1919 and it's one of the oldest continuously producing theaters in the country. So even though our doors aren't open, the interwebs have helped us a lot. Excellent. You're you're not alone with that. Lots exactly. and lots of people are have gone online and are doing virtual uh, productions. There is uh, a couple that I interviewed. They're they're directors and producers and stuff in in New York and actually all over. And they're actually doing this this letter writing thing, where they they've hired writers and they've hired actors and what they do is they send these letters out to people that sign up and the people get to suggest the direction of the plot and the actors and the writers work it out together and it's it's that crazy that's very interesting that's fun right i thought that's that's definitely the most unique technique that i've heard 
all, all through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 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 very nice couple. Um, it's uh, Shelley Butler and uh, West Tyler. So just in case anybody wants to go back and listen to their podcast, they're they're a couple, and they are like they're like class couple, that kind of couple. Right. Super. Very, very precious. Yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's going really, really well for them. So everyone's um, getting so creative, and I'm I'm so happy to hear that. You know, I think that, you know, it's a question of what kind of choice you make when you're confronted with an emergency, you know. And, and for us, this was the right way to go. And we've, um, you know, immediately, you know, we were in the middle of our 100th season when this hit. And we had just finished the fourth play out of six for the season and the we had a board meeting I believe it was on March 11th and it was two days before Broadway closed and we went in and our and our benefit was scheduled for I think two Saturdays after that it was just coming right up and I walked into the board meeting and I had already spoken to our president and we shut it down and the entire it was 100% unanimous and this is before a lot of people thought this was a real deal. You know, it was, um, and a lot of our audience is older and I certainly wouldn't put them at risk. And it was the best decision that we could possibly have made. And we were getting ready to open Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That was the next play. And then Matilda, and we had special licenses for both of those. And instead of canceling, I had postponed them. So, um, you know, we've, we've gone through the, the hold on to those tickets and then the new renewal for the season and how do you get the, and it looks like cross fingers with the vaccine that we'll be able to go live with those, um, in the fall. So that's, that's kind of the plan. Uh, that's the plan, but you know how plans are right now. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that's a, a relatively safe bet. A lot of, I know a lot of people are, are looking at, Broadway in New York to see, to f- sort of follow their lead. Yeah. But that, that lead in the beginning just kept changing. It was like, they just kept moving the line and so frustrating for every, just frustrating for me as a theater lover. Well, it was, it was awful. And, you know, I was in New York, I actually right after our board meeting, I flew to New York because a friend of mine was in a show and that was a Wednesday. Broadway closed on Friday and I got on a plane Friday night because I thought I might get stuck. You know, because nobody knew, right? Nobody knew what was going to happen. And and I quarantined myself when I got back down here uh, for the first time. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we we sort of have been looking at New York as our, you know, as our guide, you know, our guide for Mm -hmm. what we're doing. And we're following all the equity rules as to, you know, you know, when, well, let me back up a little bit. You know, one of the things that people, you know, when they say they miss theater, you know, they miss going to theater, they think about their safety in the audience. And a lot of people forget about the safety of the actors on stage. And, you know, we're a community-based organization and we're not going to put anybody at risk. I mean, this has been our mantra from day one. And so it's about when we can stage something in full where everybody is safe and that's coming. So that's, and, and, you know, looking at the union rules has been very helpful for us. And the things that we've been doing virtually have been very small. Um, you know, we just finished doing Thurgood about Thurgood Marshall. 
just just close that. We did eight virtual performances, and we were allowed to split it up into two actors because it's usually a one-man show. And the whole rehearsal process, you know, I told the director, I said they have to be six feet apart. They have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and we did it in, in a way that was safe for everyone. And talk, technology allowed us to actually zoom it out to everyone. So that was exciting to, <laughs> to actually do it, right? Right. Um, but, you know, and the next one we're doing is a Bella Vampurst, which is a one-woman show. So that's, a you know, a very different and easy, an easier thing to handle um, when you're talking about COVID. Indeed, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the show that your friend was in that you came here to see? I mean, know it. Oh, golly. It was... Um, Oh, you got it. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. Mr. O'Neill. It was off Broadway. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. It was a small play and it was a debut. And I had tickets for Saturday night of that weekend and they closed it. You know, of course, Thursday night was the last night of anything. That right. week. And I was at 54 below. That's the last thing that I, you know, got to do and then came home. So, um, I cannot remember the name of it. No, but that's, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe you can send it to me in an email or something like okay. that. Oh, I can, can certainly it, do that. Or you can type it in the comments section over here if it comes back to you. Um, You're yeah. going to make me multitask. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love 54 Below. Isn't that a great oh, venue? Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it is. Can I ask, is it okay if I ask you who you saw at 54 Below? It was um, it was a group performance. It was a benefit. It was a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> My friend John Boswell was in it. Um, I will think of it. I will I, I will think of it because I think okay. it was an evening of a certain composer. And um, gosh, it's the last live performance that I've seen. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know, it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, the last two performances that I saw, it was a Wednesday, and I went and saw a uh, show at the Signature Theater out here, mm-hmm. which for everyone is not to be confused with the Signature Theater oh. in Arlington, if you're listening, uh, which is a great theater as well. Yes. I, I love like shows there. I've, I've seen quite a bit there. Um, and I saw a show, a musical called Cambodian Rock Band, which was incredible. And I hope when Broadway comes back, they launch that on Broadway. It's so beautifully written and the actors were all like top notch and um, just, just an amazing show. And then that evening, uh, my husband David and I saw the last performance of Mrs. Doubtfire, the musical. Did you like it? Uh, I actually loved it. I really did, but I'm, I'm a big Rob McClure fan Mm-hmm. And um, if they would have opened, he probably would have nabbed the Tony and probably yeah. still will. Did did you get to see it or? No, no, I had tickets. I had tickets for a company. Uh, and I didn't, yeah. And I got a good refund from those tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just tell you that company is sensational? Um, yeah. We went to London uh, just, uh, we went to London when it was playing in London and we saw it there. And the company, when I, usually when I watch it, it kind of drags for me a little bit. But the, in this one, it it absolutely flew by. The gender flip was and it worked. ingenious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Patty Lapone is Patty Lapone. Um, and then we saw uh, it out here. It was 
they, it was one of their first, I think it was their first preview or second preview with Katrina Lank, who won the Tony Award for the band's visit, another great show. Right. And um, she was quite good. Um, you and I could probably talk shows for three hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> New best friends. <laughs> right, exactly. Friends forever. <laughs> um, but why don't we put the focus back on you and have you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us your function with Theater Jacksonville. I am the executive director of Theater Jacksonville, and in that role, I'm in charge of the administrative portion as well as overseeing the artistic um, side of things um, at the theater. And as I said before, it was founded in 1919. We're in our 101st season. And uh, what else do I do? Um, we, we have a very small team. Um, things have changed a little bit because of COVID and we've downsized our staff um, to meet the different needs of the time right now. And we are all wearing a hundred different hats. And that's, that's kind of my day. Uh, <laughs> I kind of never know what, what's going to come down. Um, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I'm, um, I, I will go. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, a little bit more about, Theater Jacksonville. I'm, I'm talking about like your mission statement, the, the right. goals that you like to accomplish, and then talk about how that was affected by COVID-19. So the mission of the theater is to enrich lives and broaden cultural understanding through community participation in theater arts. So uh, basically everyone who is involved in the shows at the theater uh, is from Northeast Florida. Um, you know, we reach out into different counties um, and mostly everyone's in Jacksonville. And normally, uh, <laughs> we don't, we're not in a pandemic. We have a five play main stage season and we do a uh, classic play. We call it the classic in San Marco because our area that the theater is in is in San Marco in Jacksonville. And we pick a classic um, each year to, you know, we can do Shakespeare, or we can do, you know, an American classic or, you know, modern classic. It, it's a very wide range of, of um, plays. We did 12 Angry Men last year, if that gives you an idea of, you know, things that we can do with that. And in addition to that, we have a very robust educational program. So uh, we have after school classes for kids and our biggest program is our summer camp. We normally run two four-week sessions during the summer. And last year, uh, that came to an abrupt uh, end for in-person summer camp, and we immediately switched over to a virtual programming, which was um, amazing. My education director, Ron Shreve, is just terrific. And we, we were able to get a grant to support the, the technology that was required to do that. But we, we just changed everything on a dime. And we did uh, several week sessions of different things like stop um, stop motion animation. One was called newscast. So the kids by the end of the week had created their own newscast. Um, and another one, they wrote a play. And you were talking earlier about the couple that, you know, you, you finished the play with the actors, you finished the play. Mm-hmm. Well, these kids, you know, created their own play radio play. Right. And so they, so it changed. And then in the second group, in the second four week session, they built on what they had done in the first week. So this it has been an extension and, you know, it meanders in different ways and that's a lot of fun. So, um, and then there was one that dealt with photography 
And so it was things that, that you might not think of as theater, right? But it was all creative and, um, and they walked away with, with a product that they had at the end of the week. So, um, so that was fast and furious because we, I think we started that in June and, and it was at a time where people down here were still thinking they were going to be able to do things the way they had. I would sit in on these Zoom meetings and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, this is, you know, by, by June, things will be. And I was like, no, that, no, that's, you know, you were deluding yourself. And June, a year from now, June, year, maybe, no, maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so we immediately made the decision to go that route with everything. Hmm. And again, our board of directors was on board with all of this. And in the midst, you know, in the midst of, of April and May, it was, you know, trying to get the PPP, right? The PPP loan. It was for us, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. It's like, what grants can we get from foundations? And, you know, we're in a, because of our history here and our reputation, um, we had a lot of relationships, you know, relationships that, were already established with a few foundations. And so it helped us initially to, to move forward that way. And then, you know, the CARES money that came last summer, you know, we, we have been very, very fortunate in the funding we have received um, through the CARES Act. And, you know, the next thing that's coming down the pike is, is the um, shuttered stages portion of the money that was the, the Congress allocated in December and I don't, do you know about that? Uh, it doesn't sound like news to me, so I probably have heard it or seen right. it. Right. So, CNN. you know, so we're hoping that, you know, that's going to be another bit of infusion before we can actually get up 100% running. So it's uh, been it's been an adventure, but it's also been a, an exciting time. I mean, if I can say this, it's, it's what we've had to learn has been exciting for those of us that are that are working and really changing what our job is during this time. Of course you can say that. And yeah. we're not the only one to say that. Many people have found themselves wearing multiple hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it could be because of attrition, because maybe you don't have those two or three extra bodies in the budget now. Um, so it, it's it, that's one of the themes I'm hearing mm-hmm. a lot. And um, it is, it is mind expanding. Yes. And the thing too is, you know, when having a forced stop is also creating a forced think time and, you know, looking forward to, you know, the expectations of for us after being around for so long is that, well, you always do summer camp. You always do this. You always have six plays. You And it may not be that way going forward. You know, we don't know. And I think the biggest thing for me, you know, for those of us that are planners, right, you know, my general manager and I, we're planners. And so that first month was we didn't know what we could plan. So we didn't know what to do with our time, right? You know, we, we actually did a lot of cleaning out at the theater and shredding papers from 1972, you know. <laughs> um but it's it's a a look forward as to when we come back, how do we do this, and what is the best way for us to achieve our mission in this in this new world that's going to be? Because I think that you know there there will be if you want to put you know air quotes around a return to normal. But I think our world's different. I think our world's different, and if if we don't recognize that and accept it and adapt to that when, you know, we're not worried about getting sick, then 
I think I think we're missing an opportunity for growth. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's an actor who does a lot of Broadway. His, his name is Telly Leung. And I read a quote of his, or I read an interview, and, and it quoted him as saying that uh, COVID-19 has done a mental hit job on everyone. And I thought, that is a great way to yeah. describe it. Um, it's It will be very, very different when, like I had a dream a couple nights ago, and um, I in my dream, I went outside and I forgot my mask and which I've done before, but you know, I don't have one in my car cause I don't have a car cause I live in New York. But, um, but then I, well, I go back and put it on just so everybody, so nobody will give me grief on that. Um, and then I saw everybody else was wearing masks and everybody just had these suspicious looks, no mask. And everybody was just looking at each other. I think that we're going to see the fallout from this for a while. It's going to be very strange. We've been doing it for over a year now. It's a, um, you know, when, when the all clear happens, I think that it's going to be one foot out, not two feet jumping right. into, back into, you know, because we're out of practice, mm-hmm. out of practice about being out all the time. And, you know, I was, uh, I had flipped my day cause I working mornings, now, because, um, you know, we're not doing shows you right. know, at night and things kind of got flipped for me during uh, Thurgood. And I was at the theater, you know, and I, I didn't have hands on with the production. But when I, I come in at the end before we open and um, but I didn't get home till 830 one night. And it was like, whoa, what is this? Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. usually like, you know, on my couch by, you know. 530 at the exactly. latest. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to be. Um, I got over it, but, but it's that getting back in the groove of, you know, what we, what we're used to doing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm actually getting my Johnson and Johnson COVID vaccination tomorrow night at the Javits center at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, that's, wow. when I, that's when I got the appointment for it. And, and boy, that was tough to get, but. Yeah. And, um, you, and it's, you get, you're getting the one single shot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And right. going to be, you know, in the first time slot over there. Um, and I'm thinking 10 o'clock. Okay. This is really important. If I have to stay up until 10 o'clock, usually it's like, well, six 30 time for bed, everyone. You're not alone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Well, we high five the screen. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 gonna. You know, uh, we've been forced to shift our paradigm big time, and we're gonna have to shift it back eventually. I mean, I think I don't think it's gonna take as long yeah. because that's a that's a fun thing to do as opposed to a sucky that really okay a quadruple infinity sucky thing we had to do. Right, before. right. No, it's a, it is definitely a better thing. Um, we had our first rehearsal yesterday for um, the Bell of Amherst. And so I'm helping adapt it to our, the way we're doing it is one camera. So everything is in the picture and I got <laughs> finished and 
I was exhausted. <laughs> I was exhausted. And I thought, what? I, you know, this, I didn't go to the gym. I didn't, you know, it's just, and, and it's these muscles. It's the creative muscle, all of that, that, you know, we're not using as much as we did. And uh, so it was interesting. I'm, I'm sure I'll get over that too, but it was like, wow, okay. Get back in the, you know, the saddle again. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm like the busiest lazy man in the world. And so it's going to be a lot for me to, you know, I'm going to have to shake it up big time. Cause I'm very happy to, to lay in bed at six 30 and watch cartoons all night. So I'm going to have to like, no worries. Exactly. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, your summer camp. I think that's a great idea. Now what's, what's the age? It's seven range? to 14. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to read. That's, okay. that's the big thing. And, uh, you know, in our, our normal world, um, it's all, you know, it's, it's, uh, all, it's four weeks ending in a showcase production that is written for the camp. And one of our most important values about our education program is that everybody gets a shot at something. We don't, we don't do star vehicles for little kids and things like that. It's, it's more, actually, I use sports as an analogy all the time because it's a team effort. And, you know, the kids that are, you know, helping with the set are as important as the kids that are on stage and, you know, everybody gets a line and they become, they become, a, you know, after four weeks, they become a really tight working group and we have kids that come back until they graduate out then they become counselors and then they go you know graduate and go to college and it's it's a really amazing amazing program and I wish I could say that I had created it it was when I took this job it was already it was already um in motion but it's it's something that we're very well known for down here and we're doing a in this summer we are going to be in person it's going to be smaller groups and it's going to be a three-week camp and it's going to be a little different but that's that's going to be our transition camp for this summer and then i think we'll be back to our normal routine next year right right um i love that you had them taking photography class i wrote that down because i think so much that we we do now involves uh, websites and social media sure. uh, and 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 having our own you know followers and and photo although they were probably way better at photography than that <laughs> even begins it's, to be yeah I always tell everybody you know, when I was your age we had these things that were called cameras and you take a picture and then you send off it had film and you send that off right I I and so whereas my niece my nieces and nephews they probably have. 6,000 pictures of them somewhere. Whereas I probably have 20 pictures of myself when I was young. So it's, that's the direction we're moving in. And exactly. to, to have those technical skills, is just, I think so important. We, we partnered with um, Magic Box Productions in New York. Uh, my friend Nell Stokes founded that and they work in education. Um, they send out artists to schools after, and they, she's also had to shift a lot to virtual, um, we grew up together. And so I called her and I said, you know, we have to do something totally different. So some of their teaching artists were part of this. It's like the stop motion uh, week was her, her guy. And um, it was a great collaboration. What they do there is amazing. And so it just opened up a whole other avenue for us. And it's something that we're going to continue. I don't, I don't know what that looks like, you know, yet, but 
you know, this arm, this virtual arm of things is going to still exist after, you know, we go back live. Good. That's what a lot of people are saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Most people are like, this is, this is enhanced what we do. Um, Obviously we're going to go back live, but it's teaching us things that we can do so that we can do mostly live, but maybe a little bit of, you know, online content. And, um, And just think when you do that, you already know how to do it. And I think, too, that people are becoming um, more accepting of things right now. Like, our, you know, if we need to use the audience term that, uh, that, that, you know, because things changed. And so they may have expected something but got something a little different, like when they turned into Thurgood. But they enjoyed it. And there's a great forgiveness, I think, for when there's a tech glitch and, you know, things that are out of our control that it's been a, it, I think that's a positive thing. I think it's a positive thing that, that, um, that there's the, the judgment level, I think has, has been reduced a little bit in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I get that. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think everyone understands what you're up against, particularly if they have an avid interest in theater. They, they know what you're doing is new. Um, I remember a, a long time ago, well, not long, well, yeah, kind of a long time ago, I, in my writing, I wrote, my husband and I wrote a play and he performed it and I wanted to film it. And everyone looked at me like, what? What's, huh? What, 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 what do you film it? Why? And it's the reason why I do it is because it's just easier for somebody who's in a, position of leadership at a company to watch it than it is. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm one of those people. I, I, if anybody's got that, I'd love to see it. So that's, uh, yeah. Visual is always better. Oh, indeed. Yes. <laughs> and it just, you know, reading is it's tough. It's, it's tough on the mind sometimes. Uh, although I, I read a lot, but reading a script is a little different from, I digress. Anyway, what I was getting <laughs> no, to is. No, not you. No. <laughs> me, me digress. <laughs> I never do that. (laughs) (laughs) We are sisters in digression, but only when it comes to talking theater. Okay. Um, uh, But what I, what I was getting to is that now people are like, Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's so, it's so like in, in um, New York equity rules are that you can't film anything. So I don't know how they're doing it. It is. um, it is, it is very difficult, all of this. And, you know, even the getting the rights to do things from the, you know, the royalty houses, it's different with everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. And some will let you live stream. Some will let you record it. Some won't. It depends on the title. Um, Thurgood, we had to actually live stream it in action because there was a, um, a contract with uh, Lawrence Fishburne had done it for HBO. And so there can never be a recording of it. So that put us in an entirely different technological place. We had to learn how to do that. It's different than it's different than recording something and then broadcasting it, right? It's that's easy compared to the the live feed. You're dependent on the strength of your your um, internet provider during that time. Mm-hmm. And if it you know if it goes down, whether you're hardware or not, you're you're done. So we were very lucky um, with that. But it's something that we won't do that again if we can help it. Um, and the other shows that we're looking at to do virtually are things that we can record and then do it at specific times or on demand. 
So yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, there's there's delays in in the feed. There's glitches. Not everybody has the same internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, fortunately, it is a forgiving situation. But um, that can be when when you're the person putting it on and you're watching it, it could be like nail biting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> did I say something about honest as being forgiving? <laughs> yeah, right. you did. Yes, yes. That's, um, and, and we thank them. Thank you, audience, for doing that. That's, Absolutely. That's so nice. Um, throw some props to your team. Tell me about your team. My general manager is Michelle Kendi. She um, has many years of experience in theater as well as nonprofit work uh, in the community. She is Canadian and relocated to Jacksonville, I think, in the 90s. And um, she's terrific. She manages um, our ticketing and our operations as well as um, the production calendar and oversees the technical stuff that we do. And then I've mentioned before Ron Shreve, who is our education director, and he um, also has now become our sound guy and our video guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he, both of these people are extremely special people and they are why we've been able to keep going as well as we have. Um, I'm all about people. I think that, um, you know, we're all businesses, you know, theater, it's a business as well as art, but it's also about the assets that the people that are in the building bring, bring to it. And I'm just so thankful and uh, grateful to both of them as we've gone forward. And we, right now we don't have a technical director because we don't, you know, that's a job that had to, you know, not happen right now. And, um, and when we come back, I'm not sure, you know, about how, what our staffing is going to look like. I think our staffing is going to have changed because I think the needs have changed a little bit. Uh, but we are, you know, we're functioning with the three of us and I have a part-time bookkeeper, uh, Jean Moore, who has been with me for, uh, actually she's the only person that's been there longer than I have. She had started, I think six months before I did. And, uh, so we're a tight little team Yeah. and we have a, um, we're a nonprofit, as I mentioned. So that means there's a board of directors and we have terrific people on the board and they have just been so supportive of all of these new ventures because, you know, there's some people who would go, wait, you want to do what? What? We don't do that. You can't do that. No, they, they are like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. You know, how can we get the word out? What is it we can do to support? And again, that has been an ongoing thing at this theater, which is why, you know, we, you know, we, after 9-11, we did okay. After 2008, 2009, we, managed to get through that. And, you know, this is a theater that made it through World War II and didn't close its doors. And, all, you know, all of these strifes and, you know, it's an amazing story. It was, it was a private, it was a private club theater when it was built or actually before it was built, the building we're in was built in 1938 and it's an art deco building. It's on the historic registry and it's sort of, it's one of the, um, the landmark buildings in town and it's an anchor for San Marcos square, which is this, um, it's a little, uh, shopping village that, that we're in. And, and it's, uh, the second oldest neighborhood in Jacksonville, I believe. And they, I mean, they made it through the depression. They made it, you know, they, and things have changed, you know, it was a private club and then, um, television happened and that sucked away some, you know, audience, you know, in the 50. Right. And then, 
other things cropped up. So well, there's a symphony that came along. There is There are art museums that came along because back in the day, this was it. This was, you know, that was, and Jacksonville grew. And so I, it was in, I think, 1969. I'm going to get the year wrong. But they decided to open the uh, the box office to the public because you had to be a member to buy a ticket. You had to be a member to audition for a show. And if you weren't a member, you had to be invited by somebody who was. And, again, it was like it was the, the place to go. It was the artistic, social place to go. And as the seventies came along and, you know, they reincorporated, they changed the name. It was the little theater and then became theater Jacksonville. So, um, so those, those growth patterns happened and, uh, there was an addition built on the building and it leads us to today. So all of these, these, uh, adaptations that happened over the years kept it open. And, you know, we're, you know, knock wood, you know, we're in a good place right now. And, you know, there were times where they can pay the electric bill, right? You know, um, and I, I grew up in Jacksonville and the first real stage that I ever worked on was when I was 16 years old and I did a, a, a kid's play in the summertime on that stage. And, uh, there are lots of people who have worked here who have gone on to careers, um, you know, in theater and film that are working all over the country. So it's a, it's a breeding ground for talent. It is a place where people who have chosen to support themselves in other fields can come do their art at night, you know, or, or in other, you know, cause we do rehearsals in the evening cause a lot of people work nine to five. And so it, it's, a, it's people coming up into the business and people who maybe were in the business that, that want to shift over. And then people who maybe have never done anything, they come in, we have open auditions and um, it's, it's, it is a nurturing place for people to practice their art without any worries other than just practicing their art. That's, that's outstanding. So when you were uh, in the show, when you were younger, mm-hmm. uh, in the young persons, um, uh, I don't know if that was summer camp at the time or. Um, there, this was a long time ago. So there was no summer camp. This was uh, a, they would put on a play every year for kids in the summer and they would bus kids in. I don't know where they came from. I was 16 years old, but we played, I, I played a wicked witch. It was a play called the cat princess. And, and uh, we paid, played to packed houses, 300 seats in there. And these kids would come in and we did it. I, I, of course, a long time. I think we did it for two weeks, like every day. And it was a great, it was a great experience uh, for me uh, to, to do that. And I did, I did stuff elsewhere and as a performer, but that was the first time that I'd actually been on a legit proscenium stage that, you know, everything else I'd done had been in school or, well, I was in a, a theater group that, that we did things all over town. We would go to churches and schools and, but this was like a legitimate theater and the director was amazing. And it, it, and it, it just sort of just cemented my need to be like in the theater world. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, really quick. What is your dream role as an actor? Oh, you know, my favorite, I've already done it. I've already done it. It was Sergeant Sarah in Guys and Dolls. Ah, that's a great, great role. 
just loved loved it, loved the show, and it was a super experience. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Everyone always says, you know, uh, Miss Adelaide because of her number. Um, right. And it, it is uh, a good number, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll tell you very, very quickly, because I, I know I keep kicking it back to me, but I just want to talk to you. So anyways, I, I, a bunch of us went and saw a concert version of Guys and Dolls at the Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl would do, you know, reading type things. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm familiar with it. Okay, would you, for the sake of the audience out there, um, that they would do reading things and they cast a lot of celebrities, but they did a production of Guys and Dolls and Jessica Biel, uh, Justin Timberlake's wife was in it. Yes. She, I, was she great? She, well, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know. I don't, I've only seen her like, you know, in seventh, seventh heaven and the remake of Chainsaw Massacre. <clears throat> What's going to happen? She opened her mouth and the most gorgeous and stunning beautiful operatic voice came out and i was like oh wow did that come from is she being and she's she has a sensational voice i had no idea oh that's very cool yeah it's it's but that's it's a tough part because there she does have a, a really nice art to where she loosens up towards the end but she's so pent up and so which is why the scene in havana is so much fun mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah, it's it's great fun, and and the music in that is gorgeous. So, and you know, I'm Frank Lesser is yeah. I mean, anything that he's written is my yeah, I just love. Yeah, and you know, I like the movie because I like Sinatra's my favorite uh, actor, um, and I thought he did a pretty good job in it. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that he wanted the Marlon Brando part, and Brando bumped him to uh, Nathan Detroit. Am I getting the names right? Yes, you are. Okay, good, good. Yes. I'm glad to hear that. Excellent. I'm doing something right here. Okay, let's let's go back to talking about the pandemic. Tell me, you've already told me what you what you've done and how you sprung back, but that day, the very, very first time you heard of the shutdown in your how did you handle it mentally? Did you cry? Wow, okay. You're going to make me relive harrowing times. (laughs) I think that there was no shutdown yet. Okay. So I mentioned before that, you know, we, because our board meeting landed during this time. So we, it was already scheduled and we, we made a choice before other people made a choice to close our doors. I'm not going to say we were the first people in the city to do it, but I, I think we're pretty close. And there was no shutdown. This is before businesses got shut down. And we we knew it was the right thing to do. Now, did we know that it was going to go on for this long? No, no idea. And I think that we... This is before the PPP, right? This was not, this was, this was a reaction to what, what is it that is the right thing to do right now to keep our people safe? And that's, that was the first thing that we did. And that was the only thing we thought about. And then, like I said, I, I was in New York the day Broadway shut down, you know, and it was that, that moment when that happened, even though we thought, you know, it, you know, because they were talking about, well, you know, things may be back up by April, May, you know, May. 
you know, that kind of thing. It was really scary. I mean, I think that, you know, being, being responsible for a business is, has its own, you know, fright and frightening, you know, aspect, being afraid for your life on top of it is paralyzing. And I physically got on a plane that Friday night and flew back here. I had no mask. You know, there was, you know, how you couldn't even get a mask, right? Do you remember? Do you remember trying to like buy masks? They, you couldn't find them. And, you know, and I came home and I sat in my apartment, you know, I, I went to the office and got stuff because I was like, I'm not, you know, by then they knew, you know, we knew that we shouldn't be around each other, but it was, it was a moment of paralysis and then we had to that we had to get to work. We had to get to work. We had to figure out and and we made that choice to do that. And I will tell you, like my my big job during this time was trying to get PPP money. And we I literally sat on my laptop and waited till that portal at the bank opened and we were able to punch in our loan. And we were one of the first organizations that got it in town. And when we knew we had payroll money through June, then, then we could relax a little bit, right? Just, you knowing that, okay, we can pay our bills and then trying to figure out, okay, what do, what can we get rid of that we don't have to, and not people like you know, things, you know, it's like we weren't spending money on production costs. So that, that went down, um, you know, it, you know, so there was that tightening up and then, trying not to think about way down the road as it is difficult. If you're a planning person, not to be able to plan. Like we had picked a season in March for this coming year that was, we had to throw out the window. And some of those shows are shows we're not going to be doing because they're too big. Now they're too big. You know, it's like we're, you know, our next season's probably going to be about, you know, four person plays, you know, cause we don't know how, Again, keeping people safe on stage, right? And we want to keep things manageable before we're able to come back in total full, you know, full force, which I think is going to be fall 20, what year is this? 2022. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, so I think we'll have a transitional season where, you know, things that are manageable that we can do really well and make sure everybody is safe. So it's, it was a very scary time. Of course it was. I mean, every, and, and you, gosh, you know, where you were, you know, it was even more restrictive than, you know, you were in your apartment, mm-hmm. right, you know, in New York. And, you know, and I I have lots of friends, up, you know, in New York, and we were talking a whole lot. And down here, you know, you can get in your car, even if you're not with anybody, if you get stir crazy, you can go drive, you take a drive somewhere, and I would do that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once once that hump of just terror kind of went away, we were able to, to short-term plan. It's like, okay, well, what are we going to do about summer camp? That's, that's the first fruit we have to pick from the tree. And we figured it out. And, and we had lots of support. You know, again, I had, I had some foundation money that I was able to get a grant to support that. I reached out, and this is very important. I think that reaching out to your colleagues and networking is crucial during this. And as we realized that we were going to have to go in a different direction with what we were going to do for summer, I immediately reached out to Nell 
at Magic Box because I knew she had the expertise in 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 this kind of you know this kind of art. She had the teaching artists that we, we could collaborate with to change what we offered, and and it worked. It was terrific. It was great, and it also you know people up in New York were watching it too, you know, were participating because they could, right? You know, you can be a kid in Westchester or a kid in Harlem or a kid in Brooklyn and, you know, sign up for these classes and take them too. So not that we had masses of people doing that, but it opens, it opens us up to beyond our county limits. So I've had many colleagues, um, you know, watch some things that we've been doing that, you know, you know, I've, worked in California, I've worked in New York, and they were able to log on and watch the show last week. And they've not been able to see anything that we've produced down here because they're not physically here. So that's been a joy for me to to share what we can do beyond just our borders, you know, Jacksonville. I'm glad that you pulled yourself out of that fear relatively quickly. Uh, I don't know how quick it was, but I think that when you're fearful like that, you have to feel it and you have to get through it because that's really what sparks in your mind the solutions that come. Yes. There are days, I mean, still today, I mean, and now we're sort of in the fatigue, you know, when is this ever going to end? And, you know, I've, I'm like, you're getting your vaccine. I have vaccine envy because I'm like at the bottom of the list down here to get mine. And all my friends are, you know, are, you know that are a little bit older than I am are getting their vaccines. Um, but we, we're very, we, you have to be very gentle with yourself during these times too, because there stress manifests itself in many different ways. And, you know, one of the things that we're very careful with, you know, we're, cause we were able to go into the office cause we're, you know, it's, we're not on top of each other. There's only three of us. And, um, you know, you can socially distance and all of that, but you can check in on each other. And there were days when it, you know, it's too much, it's too much. And, you know, and you can look at somebody and, and say that, and you can, you know, and we're very much, it was like, okay, you know what, we're going to stop for today. We're just going to stop because it's not, when you get into that, that, that mode, you can't do anything. And then it becomes very frustrating and you have to allow yourself to acknowledge that, that things are difficult and that, that you are being, even if you don't think you're being affected by this, you are okay. I'm very, very grateful that I am healthy. I have, I don't think I've had this. If I've had it, it was asymptomatic. Um, you know, there you know, I still have a job, you know, all of these things that you're, you know, that we're very grateful for. And then there's a side over here going, what is, what is our world? How, how do we define ourselves in this world right now? And sometimes you have an answer and sometimes you don't. And if you don't forgive yourself on those days and just say, Hey, no, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm too weary to even read a book. But I'm, you know, I can Netflix or I can do or I can just sit out on my veranda and just be. And to allow yourself to do that is a big thing, especially when you're in a business where I'm used to juggling five productions at one time. And I went from trying to find downtime for myself and, and you know, and not being able to at all of us, you know, Michelle, um, who works with me, we're both, we're both go-getters and we're both working all the time. And so there was that, 
that moment of, oh, wait, I don't have to be somewhere. I don't, what, what, what do I do? And I can't, oh, well, I can't plan on that next, pl- oh, wow. And that's the hardest thing of all. And then to finally say, okay, it's okay. And, and I also decided, you know, we're like, well, we're going to, we changed our subscription. We have a subscription house and we changed it to a membership model. So because we have a big, huge renewal that happens. And when does that happen? It happens in May and June. When, when did we sell summer camp? Well, that's, that's in April and May. When did the pandemic hit? February, March. Our biggest money quarter is that quarter. And it just went, you know, just gone. And so we, we changed and we, we decided we were going to create memberships and, I did a, uh, I think I did this by, and, and we also did st- started doing things by video on the internet, you know, cause we stopped snail mail because that costs a lot. Right. So it became email and here's our monthly video message from me. And, and, uh, we, <laughs> we put a thing out and said, okay, you can become a member at theater Jacksonville. We have no idea what we're doing next year. We have no idea what the season's going to be, but when we have something, you're going to get it free because you're a member. And we made that decision and well, we had to do it. We made that was early on. I think we made that decision in April because we put that out in our normal June time. And I, and I had to, and I had to be content with the fact that that's all we could do right then. And we had, and, and can you guess what segment of, of our subscribers were the most to, to re-up? Your base, you said earlier, was senior. That's the that's your biggest base. That's that's, that's how, how my brain heard it. Um, I'm going to say the opposite of that, like teenagers and twenty year olds. No, no, no. So our median age is probably in fifties now. You, you, when I when I came here. Um, people were in their sixties and seventies and now it's, it's, it's the median is, is moved down to fifties, sixties. And, but we have, we do have a big population of seniors and I expected them not to, that they would be worried about money. No, that, that is the group that mostly re, I'm not resubscribe, but that actually bought the membership model because they're on a fixed income. They already knew that they gave that money every year to theater Jacksonville and they did it and they have been so loyal. And of course our renewal was way lower than what it would have been, but it was something and it, and it made a difference for us going through the summer. And I'm so impressed by that. Right. And, and they are, you know, of course some of them are having difficulty with the technology of, of, you know, we, we get on the phone and talk to them a lot about how to, you know, how do we stream? And then some of them, you know, we, we call them and, and just to let them know. And they're like, you know what, when we can come back in person, that's when we're going to come. We just wanted to support you during this time, mm-hmm. which, which is really what a subscription model is. You know, when, when people get upset about, Oh, I didn't like that season. So I'm not going to subscribe. Well, subscriptions are about supporting the institution, you know, um, and we're very lucky about that. So, so that was a big, huge, um, support. I, and, and, and a, I'm not going to use the word surprise. I'm just so thankful, um, for these people who have been, a lot of them have been members for a long time and they just immediately did it. 
and not knowing and not knowing, right? It's like, okay. And so, so then the next hurdle was, well, what are we going to do? You know, I've promised that we're going to do something and I knew that would be virtual and, but I didn't know. And it took, and then I gave myself a break. Michelle and I both went, okay, we can't decide this right now. There's too much going on. We're trying to figure out these loans and grants. And when the time came, it happened. And, you know, thir- you know, I was looking for something during all of everything with the summer and, you know, the racial injustice and all of these things, you know, what, what is it we could find that would be relevant? And I, you know, did a lot of research and found Thurgood and they, you know, we got the rights to it and we were able to, and it was, you know, pretty amazing. And, you know, I found that in, I want to say August last year. And, you know, we, it took till February and it turned out to be Black History Month. So that was great. And, you know, sometimes when you, when you do things that you're reacting to a social event, sometimes it's a little too much for people because they're, they're already embroiled in it. And lots of people maybe want to be entertained and taken out of that. And, you know, we've, we've done political plays before where it was just too much, you know, and, and it, and it showed in the box office. Well, this didn't, that didn't happen here. It was the right choice and it was the right time to do it. And it's made an impact. And I'm so pleased about that because, you know, it's something that people still wanted to talk about and was great. So, so that, that was, and we did a radio play. I don't know if you remember, um, a, a play called the further adventures of Nick danger, third eye, the fire sign theater from the seventies. And Sorry. we did that in the fall and it was a radio play. So we didn't have to worry about video and it was great. So you just, you know, you just go to, you know, go to the link and turn it on and listen to it as if it was a radio. And that was lots of fun. So that was the first thing we did. And then Thurgood and then the next is um, Bella Van Hurst. And we've got a couple of other things coming up that I haven't quite got in concrete yet and that brings us to the end of our season in june um because that's that our season usually runs from september to june um so that's that's kind of how we did it and we were able to because we had a group of people that just that stuck with us i still find it fascinating um Part of the question when i asked you I, i said the phrase did you cry or what and I will tell you this. Um, I probably, in your situation, I probably wouldn't have cried then, but I probably would have cried when all of the support came in from your core people. That I mean, I cry at, at hope and grace and things like that. You know, that's a really good question. I I didn't cry at the beginning. That we were, we were, we were in fight mode almost, you know, we were in paralysis and then we were in fight mode and, and it was a team and we were a team. We were a team. And, and I think that makes a big deal. That makes a big difference. You know, we're not on an island. We were on our own island, but there were, we were our team on it. And the, the, you're right. The tears that I've shed have mostly been, when when the the support comes especially when it's unexpected in the way it comes like i figured like renewals would happen but the fact that it was this group of people that were 
they didn't, I mean, I, they care, but they didn't care about what they were going to see. They cared that, that we were going forward and that they could be part of it. And, and I think that, that it's so important. And I, and, and, you know, the whole thing about, you know, theater, theater doesn't exist without, you know, an audience, right? It's, they're, they're as important as the people on stage and the people backstage. And I've always felt this. And what we're doing right now, some people say, oh, well, that's not theater. I said, well, you know what? It's, it is art. And it, it's, it's a different experience. It's a different platform. But we're still reaching people and we're still having effect. You know, we do a, we do a, um, a survey at the end of each show that we do and people, you know, it's very short and people send, you know, their yays and nays and we get the nays too. It's like, Oh, I couldn't hear, you know, why weren't they louder? You know, it's like, well, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> you know? um, and it's still making an impact. And, and the thing, you know, and we see it on, you know, we see it on Facebook. It's so interesting because the tough times that, you know, I've gone through at this theater, you know, it's before social media really took on, you know, it's like I talked about the recession, um, you know, and that was, you know, we just kept, we just kept going ahead and the, you know, now there's sort of an immediate reaction that you see, you know, and people would finish Thurgood and they would go on and just say, you know, Hey, I just saw this great thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's 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 so heartening to you know and heartwarming to see that when you can't go out after a show and see your audience and talk to them or talk to them before because part of my job I'm the curtain speech person I'm the one that you know I greet everybody in the lobby and you know was, and you know one of the hardest things for me was the opening night of Thurgood stuck around said hey to the actor you know gave him my normal you know, go get them, <laughs> go get them. And then I went home and caught, you know, and caught, caught it online. And normally on opening night, what's the first thing I do after a show? I go backstage and I talk to the cast and crew and tell them what a great job they did and how super everybody was and, and how the audience enjoyed it. And I couldn't do that. And so the next night, I, you know, I stayed till the actors got to the theater and I gave them my, I said, normally you're going to hear this after opening night, but I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> and it was just sort of a weird thing, you know, that, that, you know, that instant communication, um, you know, wasn't quite there, but it, but it was different and it was okay. And if you realize that different is okay right now, then you're going to be just fine. That's, that's lovely. Even circle has changed. The big circle the ritual that everyone does. I mean, you're doing it online. I mean, David does a lot of, he's an actor, so he does a lot of online play readings and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, and he says that circle is always happening oh, before they do it. I know, I know that's, that's, um, but it's what we're doing is we're figuring out a way to keep the traditions, to keep the systems alive because we know eventually we'll be out of this. There's, there's hope for that right now, which is good, but we, this proves that theater is not going anywhere. No, it's not. The plague plague didn't kill it. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, not this one, the big one, Yeah. (laughs) the 1500s didn't kill it. And, you know, 
art doesn't die. It changes maybe, you know, and, and adapts, but it, it's, and it's so important. And I think one of the things that we're seeing I, that has um, been, I think a really lovely thing about this country is that I think that our government, it, you know, with, with the CARES Act, with the PPP loans, um, and now with the Shuttered Stage Act that's happening is they see that. And I know it's an economic thing, but, but to, to have that recognized, I, I, I've spent 20 years at Theater Jacksonville and part of my job has been in advocacy because we do receive, we receive municipal money from the city of Jacksonville in a cultural arts grant every year and we get state money from the state of Florida. And it's a grant, it's a competitive grant process every year. And the, the, the conversation that we have to have about the economic impact of what we do and what it brings to our city and our region is what people is what they hear. Because especially when you're talking about government dollars, you know, it's like for every dollar I get, you know, we're maximizing it. We're doubling, you know, we have based on, I think we have a, a $1.2 million impact based on our budget every year back into the community. And we're, and we're a medium sized organization here. So, you know, you talk about the, the Florida theater, which is the road presenting house here and, um, the Times Union Center, which does all the Broadway shows. Does the economic impact for that well exceeds all of us well exceed the sports impact, right? And we have an NFL team here. There was a study done a few years ago. So it's, it's, you know, this is what they hear. And then, you know, what's the first thing everybody did when they were locked at home? They're watching Netflix or streaming. They're watching art every, you know, this is, they're reading books. That's art. Every, all of the things that you do is art. And it's, and it's, it's intertwined in our daily life. And I dare say, I don't think there's anybody that goes through a day without having some contact, some contact somewhere with art, even if they don't know it. For sure. Speaking of which, before we wrap up, I was going to ask you, um, what has been your binge of choice? Oh, Oh. (laughs) I've, let's see, binge of choice. Let's see. I have Hulu. I have Netflix. I have BritBox. I have Acorn. I have them all. Um, Oh, golly. You ask me these questions. I have to make a decision. What do you you want me to tell you mine? Sure. That'll give you some time to think of yours. Um, In the beginning, David and I became obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team. Are you you familiar with this show? (laughs) It's, like, excuse me, it's reality, like, right? Like 14, 15 seasons of these, of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders audition process and their training camp. We were hooked. And, you know, we're two gay guys. We're not watching it for maybe what people, other people are watching it for. But we, I mean, it was just like, we would talk about it. And, oh, yeah, I hope she, she's awful. She needs to be cut this week. And, um, so that that's what we, we we watched the whole series twice. I bought it, and then we recently we watched um, the series that they did through COVID, where they were very uh, strict, and it was different. But I see, I was glad that they did it. They, who are artists themselves, figure out a way to keep the tradition alive. They didn't they didn't stop. They just said, "We'll do it." You know, we need to keep our rituals as, as much right. of the same as we possibly can. So, so did you 
Okay. So, all right. See, I'm I'm not going to give you a favorite, but I will tell you what I'm kind of obsessed with now is I'm watching a lot of Australian and British detective mysteries. And I don't know why I'm drawn to those right now, but, and some of them are very dark. Um, And then I'm watching, (laughs) I'm watching a show on Hulu that, um, it's it's called All Saints and it's a it's a it's a medical show that ran for like 13 seasons and I just I just watch it all the time and I you know and I if I'm like on the treadmill I've got it and I'm streaming it cuz it's you know they did like 36 episodes a season it's it's got it's not a soap opera but it's got hundreds of episodes and I was like oh this isn't going to end anytime soon so I'm just going to to watch it you know continually so is it, um, I love watching British TV and some Australian TV as well. Is it British or is it? It's Australian. Australian. And yeah. so it's like, it's like Australian ER kind of. It is, except it's from the nurse's point of view. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's on a certain ward in the hospital and it's about mostly about the nurses and their relationships with the doctor. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, and I think it was a huge hit. I think it was a huge hit. And it it, it started in 98, and then I think it finished about 10 years later. So um, I have, I'm on the third season, so I have a way to go. But, you know, my biggest thing is, like, if I'm on the treadmill, you know, trying to exercise, I st- that's where I stream. I just, you know, I got my phone, and I just stream continuous, and it makes it feel like, oh, I was only on that for five minutes. Yes. No. It's a half hour. It's fine. Uh, it's kind of, and that's has saved me a lot. Very, very cool. Well, I'll have to look it up and check it out. I really should. Yeah, um, and it's kind of fun to see the the technical qualities. You know, they just like in the, I'm in the fourth season. It just went widescreen in HD, right? So because it was the old, um, you know, the old television series were not as wide. You remember back, you know, the, the, um, oh, what's it called? The, um, oh, well, the, um, now I can't think it's, it's the perspective of the TV screen has now is widescreen and it used to be square. Hmm. So if you look at shows from the seventies and eighties, they're all not widescreen. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to digress a little bit more and say that my favorite Australian show is definitely Kath and Kim. Have Say you it watched again? Kath and Kim? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I, I believe it's on Hulu, and it is hilarious. It takes, okay. like, like all, for me, like all Australian and, and English shows, it, it, it takes a, an episode or two to get the rhythm down. Mm-hmm. But these, it's just about, like, this trashy mother and daughter relationship, and they're, and they're just... Just well defined. It's like, it was a, it's legendary. And okay, good to know. Yeah, and it'll make you laugh. So, and laughing is good. Yes. We all need to laugh right now. Um, before we go, please give our audience your social media information so they can keep up with you and your company. Theater Jacksonville. And our website is www.theaterjax, and it's theater with an R-E. So it's theaterrejax.com. And everything is on there uh, to see what's coming up and our educational programs and our history and all that kind of fun stuff. And then Facebook is really the place where we you, you get an immediate info um, drop from us. So everything that we do is goes on our Facebook page 
as we're doing it. Good, good. Then if, have, you know, you're, and you're we, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, you're, <laughs> and your, your website is listed on your Facebook page. So if people want more information, they can just click and go there. Yeah, I, there's actually a link. Absolutely. Yeah, I love your, your, um, your website. I think it's very uh, cohesive and really, oh, really you. nice. Yes. And you might even get a little bit of insight if you go on the website. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm just looking here at an article written by one Sarah Boone called Insight, and it's right there on your homepage. <laughs> oh, no. That was – that's. I think that's the, the letter we wrote at the beginning of the pandemic. I, is that the one? I think it is. It's the letter. Okay. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I – I don't think I can read that. We were talking about earlier before we went on on, on uh, record that I we we're talking about glasses. I could I couldn't read this, but I could put it on my on my iPad and and open it up. Does that is? But do you do this regularly? Do you like put out uh, letters? So we we have so what? Okay, back before um, of COVID. For every show we did, we would send a postcard out with information. So snail mail. Snail mail was a big part of what we, how we communicated. And we stopped doing that, of course, from Pan. And then we always did a newsletter, just like the one you printed out. And I think we did two of them. We did one in June. We used to do them throughout the year and even before we had to, we had to cut our costs. So, um, so yes, that is something that we do, especially during that time. And we've been really, um, you know, I think that was, I don't have it up, but I think that's the first communication that we did. Is that announcing the membership? I think it's the first communication we did after the pandemic. I think we announced that we were doing a membership model. I could be thinking it's the wrong one, but. Um, I can read the first few words. As I write this, we are in the middle of a pandemic of historic proportion. So it was either early on or yeah. or in. Um, so, so that was that was the way that, and we put that out to everyone, and then it's on the website now. So, um, and now we've shifted to um, mostly like video. Like I'll do a video update, and we'll just plaster it everywhere because we've also been told that that's what people want. That you know that they'll open something that's a video as opposed to something that's written. You know, I don't know. I just listen to what people tell me. Uh, yeah. I bring that up because I want to say that I think just from talking to you and reading about you, that you are an outstanding example of leadership. Um, and you, I mean, leaders, it's fun to be a leader when, when things are going well, but true leadership is proven when things are going bad and things suck and you and everything around you is crumbling. That's when the true leader just steps up and says, okay, you know, I feel this way too, everybody, but this is what I want us to do. We have to start here and now, and we have to figure that out. And I just want to give you props for, for doing that. That's what you've done is, is amazing. And um, I, I hope one day, I can come and visit you and see a show and maybe do a, that was then, this is now interview oh, with that. you in person because I travel a lot when I'm, yeah. when I can. 
<laughs> yes, uh, I know that feeling too. Yeah. Well, I need I, everybody. Well, I would love that. And I, and I, I appreciate your kind words, but I'm also going to say something that um, the, and I said it before, the only way that you can function that way, if, you know, you, if you, being a leader, however you want to put that is, is if you're part of a team that all, you know, thinks that way, there is not one person involved in the theater right now as we speak that doesn't feel that way. And that's a really rare and special place to be. And it makes it, and it makes it survivable because again, we talked about fear, you know, yeah, you can, you can be that person that runs towards the fire as opposed to, you know, so I I look at this as the person that runs towards the car wreck or towards the fire to see what they can do. Um, And I think that, you know, you succeed that way when you know that you are, you are part of a group of people that feel the same way. And I, I cannot give enough credit to, to my team. You know, I've mentioned Ron and Michelle and, and the board because, and, and that goes with the history of this theater. Hmm. So. Indeed. And very well said. Um, Sarah Boone, you have been an amazing guest And I want to thank you for everything that you're doing, that you've done. I want to thank you for participating in this uh, Act Two Places series. Uh, I think you're a sensational example of how people, of what what everybody is doing. And I'm glad that you're doing the same thing in, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I don't mean like everybody's doing, I mean, everybody that I'm talking to is, is stepping up and being a leader mm-hmm. and trying. And that's such a good thing to hear that it, it's, it's, it's inclusive of everyone. And that's because everyone loves theater and theater is for everyone. So you keep doing what you're doing and, uh, and thank you so much for being a guest on your program as, as your ticket. You've been awesome. Well, this was a pleasure, and thanks for including me. It was so much fun. It's my pleasure. Um, Have a great day, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You too. This is super. Thank you. Well, folks, the 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to Sarah Boone of Theatre Jacksonville. She was awesome. So awesome and considerate that she followed up with me and let me know that the show she saw at 54 Below, a great venue, by the way, was a tribute to the incredible Jerry Herman. And the show that she unfortunately had to miss due to the COVID-19 shutdown was at the 59E59 Theater Complex, another great venue, called Mr. Tool, written by Vivian Newworth, directed by Kat Walker, and featuring Sarah's pal, Linda Pearl, of whom I've been a great fan. I saw her sensational performance in Tom Stoppard's The Real Thing in Los Angeles, and she was dynamite. So dynamite that she won a Best Actress Drama Luck Award. Very well deserved. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt. While you're there, please go ahead and download their app. Way, way convenient way to listen on your phones. 
Your Program Is Your Ticket is also on Facebook at Your Program Is Your Ticket. We're on Twitter at Program Ticket, Instagram at Your Program Is Your Ticket, and on YouTube at Your Program Is Your Ticket. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK-based theater platform, Thespi. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. the fastest way you can help them. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And remember, theater is for everyone. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.